Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, mash that subscribe button, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. Got a very special guest for you guys today because Tom Vanderford is back for his regular spot on our show. How you doing, Tom? Oh, I'm getting there. Yeah. I get better every I, I tell you, it's, it's it's really nice to have you back. We've all missed you. Everybody's been asking about you in the comment sections on our shows, and it's just really, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been looking forward to this all week. I have too. I mm. have too. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Since you've been out of pocket, a lot has happened since you have been out of pocket. We have a new basketball coach, as you may or may not know. A quarterback competition is raging and it's not really going the direction that people thought it was going in in February. And um, spring practice is about a three quarter or a third of the way through at this point. What do you think the biggest story for you is is the first thing you want to talk about on this show? I, you know, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but just what Beard's been able to do by keeping some really good players uh, that were in the portal uh, out uh, and and getting them to come back. I think that's a good nucleus. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to next basketball season, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. He has a proven track record, mm-hmm. and I, I'm looking forward to it. As far as, as football goes, uh, this is an opinion show, and I have my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, after reading between the lines, reading the tea leaves, whatever you want to do, I think this uh, quarterback job is Jackson Darts to lose. I do think that the depth, and you know, Jackson Dart even alluded to this, the depth is the best it has been uh, in my lifetime at Ole Miss. Yeah, I say we the have, quarterback the quarterback room is as good the quarterback room is as good as it's been since Glenn Griffin was running the hall. I, I completely agree. Yeah. We've got three legit guys that if yeah. barring injury, they'll get a chance to play on Sundays. We've we've never had that. Mm-hmm. Uh I think uh what makes me feel good is any old miss fan uh that has been a fan for very long has always sat on pins and needles going, God Oh, I hope they don't get hurt. You know, if Eli gets hurt, we're hosed. You know, if 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 Bo Wallace gets hurt, we're hosed. If if Corral gets hurt, we're hosed. If Kelly gets hurt, we're hosed. So on and so forth on down the line. Uh, last year, if Dart gets hurt, you know, Luke's trying to save a year of eligibility. What are we going to do? So it was. It's nice. I don't wish getting hurt on anybody, but it's nice to know that your second option in quarterback uh, is really good, and your third option at quarterback, when it's all said and done, may end up being the best of the bunch. That's just unheard of in the modern era. Yeah, and this show, um, uh, the second segment of the first segment, I'm not sure exactly which order I'm going to record that in because I'm doing this interview first. Uh, but yes. this quarterback competition right now reminds me a lot of the 2000 quarterback situation where you had Romero Miller, 
who was an accomplished guy playing quarterback. His backup was Eli Manning. And we're just going to remove Spencer Sanders for the equation at the moment. But you have Jackson Dart, who is really similar, like Romero's junior year and Jackson Dart's senior year, fairly similar numbers. Um, and then you have this hotshot redshirt freshman coming up in the wind, just all the talent in the world. I, I keep saying that this guy has a chance to have a generational impact at Ole Miss because of how good he is. And I don't think people understand that because people are going to focus on Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. That's just natural. But is, I honestly think it's a little bit like the, the movie The Prestige or something like that where you're looking over here paying attention to this when you should be looking at this guy. And I, I think he has a chance to really bust out in the fairly near future. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, hmm. I know some people don't follow recruiting rankings. But in the history of rivals, he's like the number two quarterback ever in the history of rivals. I'm talking about our third string quarterback coming out of high school. So you got the you got the Gatorade player of the year. Then you got a guy that's thrown for over what eleven thousand yards in the Big Twelve. And then you got one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the history of one of the recruiting uh services. That's and this is Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to to equate it, but it's kind of like when Alabama had Jalen Hurts, Tua, and uh, God, I forget the guy. He plays for the plays for the Patriots, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, yeah, yeah, all on the same team. Yeah, I. This is generational talent at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we've got generational talent at running back. Yeah, something else. So, it, it really is something yeah, else. Yeah, got we've got more than than we need. Yeah, and and one thing that um, we really can look forward to this year. Now, I understand that we had Jonathan Mingo. I understand that we had Malik Heath last year, but I really like Chris Marshall. I think Chris Marshall at his highest level can be a Laquan Treadwell type talent. That that's the type of receiver he is. You have Trey he Harris. The- yeah, he just needs the reps. You have Trey Harris, similar situation. I think they have a chance to be more special. That wide receiver room has a chance to be better than last year. And I think everybody needs to pay attention this year to Braylon Brown and Jeremiah Dillon. I think one of those two receivers is going to break out as well. I, I think so. I, I think we're going to be fine at receiver. I think Priest Corn, uh, and I think I saw you mention this too. I think Priest Corn uh, adds another dimension where we could actually put Trig mm-hmm. in the slot. <clears throat> and uh, you know, they've—I've I've read where they're even working on some two tight end sets with Trig and Priest Corn as well. Now I don't know, you know, if that'll be one one on the line and one split out. What? Who knows? But uh, another thing I'm excited for, and this is uh, just by uh, what little inside sources I have uh, at Ole Miss as far as the defense is concerned, is that these kids love their defensive coordinator. They are all in. Um, They, you know, it's... It, whether they they said that they might run, they're going to run a base four two, the four two five. 
they may do some three, four. There's all kinds of stuff, and we've got enough people to do that. We've got some good linebackers. We've got some good defensive linemen. You know, people forget about Xavion Harris. Mm-hmm. He is a monster. He is huge. And when you can move him and uh, and Pegues in and out and keep them fresh, that's something special. Jared Ivey's up to 265. I mean, there's there's just some wonderful things going on. Now, we especially in the spring, we're really, really, really thin at corner uh, because we've got a couple of corners that are hurt. Uh, it's probably precautionary, but uh, the kid from Georgia Tech is showing up and showing out at corner, and we've got plenty of safeties. You know, we moved the, we moved the corner that we got from Miami of Ohio. We moved him to safety. So, I mean, you know, there's there's – we're gonna we're gonna be I think we're gonna be better off. I think the four two five with uh with occasional different fits is gonna be a little bit better for us. Um we've got to get pressure on the quarterback and for whatever reason we had problems doing that in the three two six. Um I think I think uh and nothing, nothing against Partridge. He was a great recruiter. He's a good guy, but I, I, I don't think that at this progression point in his career, he is a Pete Golding. You can say what you want to about Pete Golding, but he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama for multiple years, and everybody knows that that that's basically Saban's defense. But you learn from Saban. Just like, just like, I mean, any coach does. You know, Coach Kiff, uh, Coach Kiffin will tell you he learned so much about being a head coach from Nick Saban. So, just what I've heard within the defensive unit, they think they're going to be all right next year. You know, um, um, I watched a couple of games probably three or four games of UTSA whenever Pete Golding was the defensive coordinator there because everybody has these excuses. Oh, he was with Alabama, with Alabama players. Can he do it here? So I went back and watched UTSA games and see exactly how they played. This was a very attacking, aggressive defense. They played in the backfield. There was a lot of negative plays. And if you sit here and think about what this defense's role will be, and that is to create possessions for this offense – you can see where they're going to force turnovers. They're going to force long yardages. They're going to force punts. They're also going to give up some big plays now. Some misdirection, some counter-type stuff can get them from time to time. But their job is getting possessions for that offense, and I think they will be able to do that. I was impressed watching Pete Golding at UTSA. This is a guy that, not really from that Delta State School of Defense, but kind of from that Delta State School uh, from defense where like Dave Aranda and th- those guys. So it's a combination of that and what Nick Saban does at this point. So I'm really curious to see what that cocktail makes out that now that Dave um now that um Pete Golding has the freedom to call the defense the way he wants to call it. So I'm I'm curious to see what that mixture will look like. I I am too. And uh I know the kids on defense 
um, the ones that that stayed, um, you know, we had some some big pieces that left, uh, but the ones that stayed, they've all bought in. They've all bought in. Uh, everything I've heard is he's a high energy guy. You know, he'll get in there with you. You know, he's telling you what to do. He's up there grabbing your pads and pushing you and, you know, just being a coach. Yeah. And uh, they love the guy. And I expect to see some good things. And just like you, I went back and I watched some uh, some UTSA uh, football, too, uh, after you had told me before that you had done that. Mm-hmm. And I saw the same thing. I saw an attacking defense. And uh, we didn't see that much attacking at Alabama because he had great players. But, you know, we've got some good players, and I think he'll know how to use them. He's got more experience. Like I said, nothing against Partridge. He recruited some good kids. But, you know, a lot of them, as soon as he left, they left too. Yeah. Just um, everybody does need kind of- they need to realize that this year the defense could be a little bit clunky. Um we 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 do have yeah. a hole at the jack position right now and that's a super important position to this defense. The kid from Southwest Mississippi Community College is there now. DJ Holmes will be there in the fall and they're going to start recruiting for that. That that's the position that they're recruiting Jamonte Waller for. Uh, I mean, this yeah. is a huge this is the Will Anderson position essentially, um, in this defense. So the defense might be a little clunky in year one, but look for flashes. Look for things that they are doing well. Look for effort and how they are playing. That's probably the best way in year one to judge the defense. Don't look at rankings yet. We're we're not there. Um, In year two, maybe it's time to start glancing at them. There there might be some expectations of being 35 to 40 in the country, something like that in year two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and, and, and it's going to take some time. But when you look at the other side of the ball, I think we can I think we can do, and a lot of people are going to say, well, we lost Heath and we lost, we lost Mingo. Yeah, and, and, you know, we lost some other folks on offense too. But I think we have the ability uh, to be better on offense than we were last year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've heard you say before, um, the difference with a quarterback the first year uh, in Kiffin's system and the second year in Kiffin's system are just astronomical. And Kiffin's kind of alluded to that. He even said, hey, I'm kind of surprised. He's come back bigger, faster, stronger, more more of a uh, command of the offense. And Jackson's changed you know, his body. Right. And they don't yeah. have to stand pins and needles trying to keep him, you know, trying to keep him healthy. I mean, I'm not saying that the guy can get hurt, but once again, for many years, it's been, oh, my God, please don't let our quarterback get hurt. We have no backups hmm. to, hey. Now we got good. all the backups. We're three, <laughs> we're, we're three deep at running back. We're three deep at quarterback. You know, we're deep at tight end for the first time that I can remember in a while. Uh, receivers, we got some legit receivers. I think, and this is just me, but I think Braylon Brown pulling his name out of the portal is a big deal. Hmm. 
I think he's a he's a good kid. He just I think he was kind of upset that he didn't think he was getting the ball enough. Uh, and maybe maybe he's uh maybe you know since the other two kids left, maybe uh, him and uh, Dart have worked together long enough that he said, "Hey, I'm gonna pull my name out." I think there's you know I think I can do something here. But that's just amazed me. Ashanti Sistrunk pulled his name out. That gave us automatic depth. I mean, here's a fifth-year linebacker that's played for five years at Ole Miss, you know, started off on special teams his true freshman year. And uh, then we get Monty Montgomery. We get Gene Baptiste. You know, we got uh, we got Coleman coming back. He's put on a little bit of weight. Uh, and we got probably, not probably, we got the best linebacker in the country coming in in the fall. Oh, yeah. From high school and Perkins. Man, I, when I saw him at the Under Armour game, my jaw just dropped. I, I, I was talking oh. to Kelvin, Kelvin Bolden this week, and I actually said this. This kid has never stepped on a football field where he wasn't the best player on it, and that includes the Under Armour game. It, he's amazing. I believe, I believe it. I told somebody a while back, you know, because I watch a lot of recruit film. I'm a huddle freak. And I said, I may be wrong. I've never seen the kid in person. But I think he's the best defensive player we've signed out of Mississippi since Tony Connor. Mm. Yep. He is a stud. And speaking of that, look at how we're recruiting in the state of Mississippi. It's like we flipped a switch, isn't it? It's almost like Lane went, hey, I'm tired of flirting. I'm here for the long run. Let's build this sucker. And he's got somebody, and this is just my opinion now, he's got somebody that's familiar with recruiting the state of Mississippi, a lot more familiar than our last defensive coordinator who always wanted to go up to New England Hmm. uh, in the Northeast. You know, and don't get me wrong, we got some good kids from the Northeast. But your bread and butter kids are from the state of Mississippi, especially on defense. I mean, you look well, we, we, look at the defensive linemen over the past few years that State's put in the NFL. Hmm. They're all from Mississippi. Yeah. You know? they, they, and, they need to get Waller. They need to get um, Franklin and call it a day. Yeah. You have your defensive line set for four years. Exactly. Hmm. And, and I do believe – that we'll get not so much because of Lane Kiffin, but because of Pete Golding. Pete Golding is a recruiting dynamo. Yeah. You know, now, don't get me wrong. Hugh Freeze is going to try to get every one of them. Hmm? He is. He's going to try his best to recruit the state of Mississippi. And he's already made a few inroads in Mississippi. But he, he knows about the Mississippi talent, too, and he's got that Auburn money. So, you know, and he doesn't have the shackles he had when he was old Miss. So, it, it'll be interesting, but I am very excited about Pete Golding and our prospects at, on the, on the defense. You know, we're going to be we're going to be a little thin at corner, we're going to be a little thin at safety. Uh, but you know, who knows? They there are kids entering the portal right now. You know, I saw where Casey Kelly entered the portal. Uh, of course, that makes me feel really good about the tight end position mm-hmm. because he wouldn't have entered the portal you know, last year. 
And yeah. and now right. we've got we've got Javante Connor coming in. You know, supposed to be good. Uh, I think Kyron he's still with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he just saw the writing on the wall and said, "Hey, man, I want to go somewhere where I can play." Yeah, it looks like it. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Tom, man, this was awesome. I'm glad you're back in your normal spot. We'll talk to you again next week, bud. Hey, hotty-totty. Hotty-totty, man.